No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Solomon warns against becoming surety for a friend or being a lazy sluggard. He characterizes the wicked man and lists seven things God hates. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever heard of the seven deadly sins? Not everyone realizes that these come from the Proverbs, where King Solomon was giving advice to his son on what to avoid. Solomon had many things to say to his children and to us on how to live a righteous and successful life. Good, practical wisdom. We continue in Proverbs chapter 6. My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Someone once said that the best way to lose a friend is to loan him money. Now Solomon is speaking of becoming surety or co-signing for a friend on his loan. The idea is that if he fails to pay the debt, then his creditor will come after you. The Bible really teaches against this practice, probably because it can put you in such a bad financial position and it can destroy your friendship. The Bible does teach that we should give and lend to those who ask us, but of course, we must be wise about that as well. Now, can I afford to lend to this person? Is the person trustworthy? Because as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to lend and not demand to be repaid. I try not to lend anything that I can't part with if need be. Even if the person says he will pay me back, in my mind, I consider it to be a gift. Now, if he does pay it back, well, then that's a bonus. And if he doesn't pay it back, then I consider it a charitable donation. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So if we lend to the Lord, guess what? God always pays back his loans, even with good interest. Now, Solomon advises his son that if he rashly became surety for someone, that he should go and humble himself right away. Admit that it was a mistake. Get yourself out of the noose, as it were, for the borrower is servant to the lender. This may, in fact, save your friendship if the friend were to default on the loan and you would be stuck paying his debt. Verse 6, go to the ant. You sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? 
When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. There are many lessons to be learned in nature. We know that Solomon studied plant and animal life. He was a botanist and a zoologist. In his wisdom, he studied the ant. Now, ants are truly amazing creatures. The other day, we discovered a bunch of them in our kitchen cabinet at the church office. They were all over a bottle of honey. So I wiped the shelf and drowned a bunch of them. I guess I'm an ant murderer. Well, guess what? This morning, they were back with their friends and cousins and uncles and aunts. Pardon the pun. How do they communicate where to find the honey? Solomon points out that ants are diligent. They have no supervisor or foreman, but they are constantly working and they are relatively strong. We are told that they can carry 10 to 50 times their own body weight. Look, there might have been a time in the past when I could do it, but today I don't think I could even carry my own body weight. Either I become weaker or I weigh more. What do you think? But rather than lounging around in the summer, the ants leave their nest and gather food to last them through the winter months. Now it's sad when these tiny little creatures with their tiny little brains are smarter than some humans. And Solomon says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When I think of a sluggard, I think of a slow-moving, slothful man. For some reason, Jabba the Hutt comes to mind. He won't even get out of bed. He won't prepare his own food. He won't mow his lawn or do the dishes or pull weeds. He's only skilled at making excuses. And when trouble comes, he is ill-prepared for it but poverty will certainly overtake him. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, For even when we were with you, we gave this rule, If a man will not work, he shall not eat. I used to tell our children this when they didn't feel motivated to do their chores. (laughs) Do you want to eat dinner? Even people in the world succeed in temporal things when they are diligent. Nature blesses hard work and people reap where they sow. Benjamin Franklin said, diligence is the mother of good luck. Verse 12, a worthless person, a wicked man walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eye. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. Now, Solomon speaks of the wicked or perverse person. He winks with his eyes to mask his true intentions. He shuffles his feet and points with his fingers to secretly communicate. Sometimes when we go out to eat with somebody and I start to say something I shouldn't, my wife kicks me in the feet underneath the table. I wonder if that's the same thing. I don't know. The point is that nothing is done in the open for he loves the darkness because perversity is in his heart. He constantly devises evil. He meditates on ways he can take advantage of others or steal from them. 
He slanders his neighbor for his own advantage. But his calamity will come suddenly, and there's no escaping it. Of this, you can be sure. Now, God is patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of recompense is coming. He will be broken, and there will be no remedy. Verse 16, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plants, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, these have been called the seven deadly sins. So if God hates them, as Solomon tells us, then they will only do us and others harm. So what are they? First, a proud look. In his play, Henry VIII, Shakespeare wrote, Cromwell, I charge thee, fling away ambition. By that sin fell the angels. How can man then, the image of his maker, hope to win by it? Satan fell because of pride, and thus God hates pride. In fact, it says that he resists the proud. A lying tongue. Again, the devil is the father of lies, but God is a God of truth. Hands that shed innocent blood. We think of the sin of Cain who murdered his brother Abel, and his evil action was motivated first by anger and jealousy and hatred a heart that devises wicked plans. Now, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. He knows what we're thinking and knows where our evil plans will take us. And that is why we must pray that God will search our hearts and show us any evil way in us and lead us in the right way. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Now, this is where our feet can get us into trouble. But the truth is, the feet will only go where the heart directs them. A false witness that speaks lies. We think of those who commit perjury in a court of law, who misrepresent the truth and incriminate their neighbor. One who sows discord among brothers. Now Solomon's poetic form here is structured so that he saves the most abominable, the most hateful sin for last. God hates the divisions that come into the church. No doubt this was the reason Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer of John 17 that God would make us one as he is one with the Father. You know, Christians are divided over so many things. Who would have thought that face masks would have become such a divisive issue in the church? How we need God's grace and power to promote peace, unity, and love among the brethren. Now, I can speak to this because I have been one who has suffered through those who sow discord among brothers. It can split churches. It can pit one brother against another, it brings a mess to the body of Christ. And I see why God hates those that sow discord among brothers. May God help us 
rather to speak kindly of one another behind each other's back. And if we have something really tough to say, then go say it to their face. Do what it says in Matthew chapter 18 and go to your brother privately and show him his fault. Oh, that we would all do this more, that there might be true unity in the body of Christ. Because as David said in Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. So let's do our part with God's help to avoid these seven deadly sins and aim always to please God and do good to one another. We will certainly be better for it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the wisdom of your word. I pray, God, search our hearts. Keep us from those things that would lead us into trouble, that would cause us to harm ourselves or harm others and grieve your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where Solomon advises his son to keep his parents' command, which is a lamp and the way of life. He warns him of the consequences of committing adultery. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible.